This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 149 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you very much for signing up to our brand spanking new Facebook page, seeing as that I fucked it up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're now back in the mix and everybody's starting to like the page once again. Lots of content on there, so if you haven't done it as of yet, get yourself on and like the Facebook page, the Twitter page and the Instagram page, all at Fight Disciples on social media. Uh, you can catch us as well on uh, iTunes. Just search the term Fight Disciples. And if you want a nice, easy way of getting everything so you can get the social media and the uh, subscription to the podcast, just go to our website, fightdisciples.com. There's a lovely button there and you'll get all your fight content, whether it be boxing, whether it be UFC, we'll have the lot lined up for you. Yeah. Now, before we get stuck into what happened in the world of boxing at the weekend, uh, I just want to um, I just want to show right the type of character that I am compared to the type of character my colleague is on this particular whoa, whoa, show. Whoa, 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 whoa! I went to Dunkin' Donuts before. I got you a cup of tea and no, then got you a donut. I tell you what, it. Do you know why you've done that? Because you feel guilty. That's why you've done it. He's gone to go and get a brew and the cakes in right for the recording of today's show. But he's doing that purely for guilt. Nick has signed up to do another show with somebody else. As I've told you a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> another right? one. He signed up to do a, a UFC mixed martial arts specific show for a big broadcaster here in the UK. So if you listen to this over overseas, he's working for the BBC with a couple of other guys, right? Now, he's been invited in as an expert analyst, and I've no problem with that because he works with Dan Hardy on BT Sport. You might see his ugly mush on the telly and all that type of carry-on. And I don't expect an invite. I don't expect it, right? But... When he's starting to pull rank and then retweeting certain things from these accounts to say, come and listen to my new show with my new mates, gets my back up a bit, right? Gets my back up a touch because I thought we were building something. We're going to an award ceremony together on Thursday, yeah? I'm not fucking sitting next to this clown. No chance. I'm getting my own seat elsewhere. I might not even go. I'm going not out of protest. If you don't go, we'll probably win. That's what happened last time. Yeah, we will actually, maybe. Um, So... He started to retweet all this stuff from this other show. I'm just going to appeal to you now, listening to this show. You've been with me for a long period of time. There's a lot of loyalty here. Whatever he's retweeting, just delete it. Fuck it off. Don't even be interested in what he's saying. Because at the weekend, I showed my true colours. Now, as you know, I work for a national broadcaster as well, TalkSport. So he's doing the BBC thing, I'm doing the TalkSport thing. Now, TalkSport came to me and said, Adam, listen, we're loving all these live broadcasts from these events. Would you like to put together a boxing programme on a Saturday night to speak to our audience? And I said, do you know something, lads? Yes, I would. What would, what do you want me to get involved in sorting the pundits out? Do you want me to get involved with get sorting the, the guys that were on the show, the boxers, all that? Go, yeah, absolutely, Adam. Your expertise, your contact list is what is needed for this show. And I said, no problem whatsoever. Now, they says to me, who would you like as your pundit? Who would you like as your right-hand man? And I said, listen, boys, no problem whatsoever. I can sort this out. I've got the perfect man for the job. I phoned Nicky boy up. I said, Nick, I know that you don't love me as much as I love you. But let's do this, all right? Let's 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 get in the studio together on a Saturday night and let's do the show together. We'll get Crawler in as well. We'll have a little bit of a crack. So everybody that were listening Saturday night, you heard us all there. Fight Disciples, together, a team together, brothers in arms, taking over the national airwaves alongside Anthony Crawler. We put together a lovely show. To, we, we had Frampton on the show. We had Malinaji on the show. We had Bispin on the show. You name it, they were on the show and we were there waxing lyrical, yeah? What's Nick doing tomorrow? Have I got an invite to his new show? Have I fuck got an invite to his new show? He's off with his mate, isn't he? Oh, je bouge. 
Yeah? Who's your boy? That's who he's hanging about <laughs> with tomorrow. French pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, do you know when you're a young lad, right? Yep. And you've gone head over it. I'm glad you didn't pick up the fact I was on Five Live from Sunday morning for breakfast as well. I'm all right with that because UFC 217 was amazing. It was. So you were representing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what this is like, is like being maybe about 13, 14 years of age and it's the first time that you've really fallen for someone. That's what it's like, yeah? And you've made the mistake. You've made the mistake. I brought you tea and donuts this morning. Out of an apology, right? That's what you've done, right? (laughs) It's, It's like you're 13, 14 years of age, you've got yourself a girlfriend for the first time and you fucked up by telling her that you love her before she tells you, right? That's what this is like. I've gone in and laid, I've burned my soul. And you're stamping all over it, you shit house. A finger jam, I'm not answering your calls. <laughs> I feel proper violent. And now we're sat next to each other in science. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It's happened before. I've been violated. That's what it is. Anyway, there you go. So for those that sent us nice comments uh, for Saturday night's live broadcast, much appreciated. I banned him. He's not coming on next week. That's it. He's out. Because <laughs> he's hanging out with his mate, Oje Bosch. <laughs> I'm only messing. Listen, the other one is... Uh, <clears throat> it's a good, If you're into your mixed martial arts, mainly... UFC, of course, we do the UFC stuff, but if you into want to know more about Bama and all that type of stuff... Yeah, it's more like a domestic MMA go have a show, nosy. isn't it? Yeah. Go yeah. and have a little bit of a nosy on that. And obviously, his ugly mush will probably be on TV anytime soon because the breakdown shows will be back on uh, for BT Sport. We uh, Yeah, for UFC London in March, hopefully, yeah. We didn't get what we were hoping for, well, I personally was hoping for, which is UFC London, but... Well, hold your horses. We'll do that on the UFC show, which is also available to download now. So if, you were, if you're into your UFC, you want a full rundown of uh, UFC 217... It is available now on our website, fightdisciples.com. Let's get stuck into uh, the boxing. Uh, because at the weekend, we said on last week's show that a statement needed to be made by Deontay Wilder. Yep. Now, some people have tweeted me off the back of this saying, it's not a statement. Stephen comes in well overweight. Look at him. He's got himself a, a heavyweight title opportunity and he's coming like a big fat pudding mess and yep. absolutely wasted it. And I agree with that. Of course I do, right? But the last time these two guys fought, it went the distance. And it was a bit of a, oh, is Deontay Wilder all that? Is he not all that? What's the score with Deontay Wilder? Deontay Wilder was, yes, I agree, on a bit of a hide into nothing. But you've still got to make the statement. You've yeah. still got to go in and do what we want you to do. Yeah, He's gone in, blown the kid away in a round, got on the mic, exactly what we told him to do last week, start calling Anthony Joshua's name, referring yeah. to Dillian White as a peasant. And I'm like going, yes, Deontay. This is it. This is where I'm at with all this palaver at this moment in time, right? Because off the back of that, yeah. so many fans are going, AJ's ducking him, all this stuff. No, listen, right. At this moment in time, it's not a duck. But no. I will go as far as to say this. If Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, does not happen by summer of next year, it is a blatant duck. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. By AJ. Yeah, absolutely. Because Deontay Wilder wants the pie. Or by Eddie Hearn. Either or. Either, you, can't, that, you can't blame AJ. Well, There's no way AJ okay. ducks anyone. Right, so you've got AJ and Eddie Hearn. They're a team. They're together. Okay, it's like yeah. a partnership. It's like me and you, but te- yeah. technically we're a little bit strange at this moment in time. <laughs> but then you've got, obviously, Deontay and Lou Debella. You've got all those guys. They're a team together. Yeah. There has to be some... There has to be an arrangement where those two guys meet next week, next year. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, then on Matchroom's part and on AJ's part, they are avoiding him. Well, I think there's ways, and I'm not, uh, listen, I, I ain't defending Eddie Hayne and Matchroom, um, but what I will say is there's other components to come in here. Don't forget, you know, the broadcaster on Saturday night for, for uh, Deontay Wilder, 
was Showtime. Yeah. That's perfect because, as we know, Stephen Espinosa, the head of Showtime Boxing, was sitting next to Eddie Hearn when AJ fought in Cardiff. So it's a meeting of the minds. They're all on the same page. The problem is, does it make financial sense for Showtime to do Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder, pay-per-view, Madison Square Garden, say, April? Does it make sense? I don't think it does because AJ hasn't fought in America. He hasn't captured the American market fully yet. Mainstream America, that big pay-per-view market. Yeah, but you said April. I'm not saying April. I'm, I think I'm AJ, August. I would say AJ Wilder gets put on hold to late summer. I think you're right. And, and AJ's got to do a fight in America in spring. He's got to do a fight there, say February, March, April, around that period to build up towards a big super fight with Deontay Wilder. And before you ask, yeah, it has got to happen in America because there's a lot more people over there willing to pay pay-per-view and it'll make a lot more money. Mm. I, I, I agree with all that. There needs to be a stepping stone fight. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to find out over the next two weeks what the situation is with the WBA, because later on in the show we're going to talk about Luis Ortiz. It's a fucking batshit crazy situation there. One organisation's banning, one organisation's letting him crack on, yeah. but he's no longer AJ's WBA mandatory. We'll find out who that is in the next two weeks. So hopefully, whoever that is, yeah. Fraser Quendo, Shannon Briggs, Jesus. it'll be something batshit like that, won't it? It will be, yeah. Right, so if it's one of them, that's perfect for America. Go and do that in America. And then Deontay gets in the ring afterwards. We have a little bit of a tete-a-tete, get the old spices flowing, like what uh, Tyson Fury did back in the day. That's got everybody revved up, hasn't it? People are still talking about Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury now. Yeah. So let's get him in the ring, like you say, maybe March, maybe April, something like that. Sets up a lovely August showdown at Madison Square Garden or even over in Las Vegas, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I think And so. it has to happen next year. Yeah, it has. It has, yeah. And, and I think, you know, it would be perfect. Big baby. Darrell Miller. He's fighting this weekend. If he comes through this weekend, I think him versus AJ would make sense, although he's a bit of a rising star. Mm. Uh, I think him versus AJ would set up massively a, a wilder fight. But then again, Miller's a little bit raw. Maybe that would be something a bit further down the line. I don't know. It, these things, they've got to be mapped. As fight fans, yes, we want to see them. We want to see them straight away. But they've got to be mapped and they've got to be mapped right. And I just think, coming out of the weekend, yes, Deontay Wilder did his job. Was it disappointed with the version of Bermain's the version that turned up? Of course I was. I think Lennox Lewis absolutely nailed it. Lennox's tweet, uh, which I retweeted, it said, In boxing, if you eat a piece of the cake, it will show. If you eat the whole cake, well, these are the results you can expect. And that perfectly summarises it. He looked like a guy that's been out of the sport for two years doing nothing but eating Dunkin' Donuts mm. or, you know, other donuts are available. Mm. That's what he looked like, and he's just turned up for a payday, and he's probably thinking, how the fuck have I been banned for two years, sitting on my ass, eating shit, not even training, and walk back into a world title fight against mm. Deontay Wilder? Mm. How the fuck has that happened? Mm. And De- Deontay Wilder treated it as such. It wasn't It wasn't even a boxing match. No. It was just a beating. Yeah, yeah. It was like a beating. It was like a doorman beating up a pisshead outside yeah. a bar. Webbed him everywhere. He gets back to his feet. How dare he get back to his feet? Run over. Throw a little faint step to the side and whack him around the back of the head. It was exactly like that. It was an, wasn't even a fight. It wasn't even a matchup. And you know we were talking about it before. We were we did the the show on Saturday night and we were kind of talking about it live. And we spoke to Gareth A. Davies, a good friend of ours, works for the Telegraph, and he chose to go to this fight instead of going to UFC two one seven. Probably the biggest mistake of his life because mm. it wasn't even a fight. Over and around, it was a sham. Deontay Wilder for me, he's got to step up. He's got to move up. But he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Blown you can away, only, you call can, out AJ, exactly. refuse Dillian White, and that's what he did. Yeah, you can only beat what's in, put in front of you, and everybody's falling by the wayside because of all these drug tests that people keep popping, and you feel yep. sorry for the kid. They put this mu- this muppet in front of him, he's blown yep. him away within a round, superb, and got on the microphone. 
And I love the the situation regarding the Dillian White thing, right? Because that seems to be like the, the carrot. buffer. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah, carrot yeah. that they're dangling in front of him. Do, do the Dillian White fight, and then we'll see. No, why should he? Exactly. He's the WBC heavyweight champion of the world. With all yep. due respect to Dillian White. Dillian White has bored me to death. Exactly. Apart from the Chisora fight, he's bored me to death. Really. Doesn't deserve a world title fight. No, absolutely Done nothing not. to deserve it. So why should it? Why should he get a shot at that? Exactly. Let's just do it. Let's just get this on. AJ, I agree with you. A little bit of a, a step out in America, maybe in March, April, April time. Comes through that, blows some kid away in three rounds. Everybody's happy as a pig in shit. Yeah. Get Deontay in the ring. Let's have a tête-à-tête. Lovely photo opportunity. Yeah. August. Start maybe the start of the new boxing season in September. Kick it Bang! Off. This is where it at. The Huge. heavyweights are going at it. The best Las of the Vegas. Best. You know, I think the first fight should be probably Madison Square Garden, and then do Las Vegas. Take it to Vegas. That's where the big heavyweight fights have always been. Take it there. Let's see it go down. That would be absolutely huge. But you know, I just think you're right. I think Eddie Hearn, Matchroom, and team and and AJ, they've got to step up now. Mm. You know, we want to see him as undisputed champion of the world. We want to see him fill that mantle. Clearly, Deontay Wilder's game for it. Showtime had obviously game for it. So there's nothing. Hopefully, there's no no roadblocks now. I just get why it won't be next. But as long as it happens in 2018, cool man. If um, AJ does get a stepping out fight, then you'd think that Wilder would want to stay active, stay sharp in that period of time. Yeah. After the weekend, do you see Dominic Brazil being the man for him? No. No, he's already beat Brazil, hasn't he? Oh, is that AJ's beat them both? Yeah, yeah, AJ's yeah. beat both Molina and Brazil. And Brazil, yeah, yeah. So. I'll be honest. Brazil is a Brazil is a Brazil for, <laughs> or, or for for Wilder. You know what I mean. That is not a difficult fight for him. Oh yeah, he's beat Molina. Sorry, yeah, he hasn't beat Brazil. So, yeah, feed him, feed him Brazil. You know what? Do it on the same card then. Do AJ and and uh, Deontay on the same bill in Madison Square Garden, both defending their belts, and let's have a look. Or do it a week apart. Let the let the nation, as in America, let them see them both up close one more time mm. before you build it up. It makes perfect sense. Speaking of uh, heavyweights, we're going to have to fly over to Monte Carlo here because Derek Chisora just so oh, disappointed man. me at the weekend. Like I've just said there, right, one of the best fights that I've seen live, heavyweight fights, was White Chisora. It was absolutely brilliant in Manchester. We all want to see part two, and he's blown it. We're yeah. never going to see it again now no, because of what happened at the weekend. I don't know what it is with Derek, but if, if he's not personally invested or has some type of vendetta against the geezer that he's fighting against, he just can't be asked. No. And he did that at the weekend. Don't get me wrong, his opponent's all right. Caballero wasn't too bad, yeah. Big, big Turkish German, you know. He was, uh, uh, to be honest, I was I was more disappointed with Matchroom in terms of making that match. You know, it's like, why why are you feeding? Why, you know, I know it was European title fight, so in a lot of ways you can't really choose what you're going for. But why, why sign Chisora and throw him in with that when you know the Dillian White fight makes financial sense further down the line? Mm. Why, is, why is Derek Chisora fighting some young, hungry Turk? in Monte Carlo for the European belt when you know he's not even going to be motivated fucking turned up without his shorts clearly <laughs> found a pair it looked, it looked like Chisora bought them shorts from the gift shop on the way in didn't it? <laughs> they didn't fit them properly there wasn't a fucking logo on them just a pair of plain white shorts and I thought as soon as I seen him derobe I was like what come on what are we doing here Meanwhile, the other guy in the other corner is chewing nails. He just thought, this is... And Chisora being Chisora obviously gets through the fight, but it's not winning any rounds. I was, We watched it, and like I said to you, didn't I, he's losing rounds here heavily. He's not even in the fight, and then suddenly the judges' scores come out, and one had it as a draw, and the other's one had it by one round, one had it by two rounds, I think. So it went the right way in the end, but for me, Chisora just didn't turn up. He wasn't interested. And, um, you know, in terms of the White, and with Deontay, with um, Dillian White fighting and being so shit on the AJ bill, 
you know, he looked domestic class still. Mm-hmm. You just thought, well, all Chisora had to do was win. And then he's he's got the power then. Because obviously Dillian White shouldn't get a world title fight next. Shouldn't. The only way he gets one is if Eddie Ern puts his hand in a pocket and get and he gets a Joe Parker fight. He doesn't deserve a world title fight. But if Derek Chisora wins the European, then Derek Chisora goes, okay, I'm European champion. You ain't ever been European champion, Dillian White. Come and face me for the rematch. Let's make some serious money. And then there's something to sell. And then if Dillian White wins that fight, you go, okay, yeah, now you're worthy of a world title fight. Dillian White ain't going to fight Kabayev. Mm. The kid who beat Chazor at the weekend. And he probably won't even fight Takam, who came in at late notice fight AJ. But for me, they're, they're the two fights. He needs to win one of them before he even dreams of a world title fight. Mm. We're setting that Monte Carlo thing, wasn't it? We're Very setting, strange. It's like, it was like a scene from a James Bond film. Mm. What it really is it? About was, 300, yeah. 400 people in attendance. Everybody's yeah. in tuxedo. Yeah. Really nice setting, don't get me wrong, but it must be quite weird. For example, for Scott, for example. <clears throat> now, all right, Scott rocks up without his trainer in the corner, who's obviously gone to UFC 217, which yeah. is weird in what itself. What a masterstroke that was, though. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no. But, but for, for, obviously, Joyce Sip, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But for, for Scott, very, very weird. He's kind of out on his own. He doesn't even have the second in command in the wildcard gym in his corner. Mm-hmm. He's used to fighting in front of twelve to 15,000 people at the Mancunians. arena in Manchester. <laughs> in Manchester. Going and, mad. And now he's at a dinner party in Monte Carlo, you know? So you look thirty-seven tickets or whatever he had to sell, forty yeah, odd tickets, full full allocation, all Jesus. gone. Now he gets the job done, <clears throat> wins the eliminator, job done. Everybody's happy, but he didn't look amazing. No, he, like he kind of just threw it. He just well, like threw his tactics out the window and just cracked on. Didn't just he? walked the kid down. Yeah, the guy was a former European champion, so the guy obviously knew what he was doing. But uh, Scott just showed him no respect whatsoever and just literally ploughed into him and. I don't know whether that was all that work with Miguel Cotto where he's just thought, you know, I'm just going to walk through this guy and, and unload my shots. And he got the stoppage, which is what it's all about. On paper now, the win looks great. But when you watch the performance live, I don't know whether we... Because he, he's gone to work, or we'd spoke to him in the run-up to the fight and he, he was telling us how, how great it was over there and what he'd been doing, working with Cotto and his new nutrition and his new strength and conditioning and how Freddie Roach is this amazing guy and, you know... I just don't know whether we all kind of built it up to go, okay, this is going to be Scott Quigg 2.0. Yeah. This is going to be cool. And it and it wasn't necessarily, it was just Scott Quigg showing zero respect for his opponents and just going in there trying to but, bomb him out. But Scott, traditionally, is a, is a guy that does follow the game plan and takes instruction extremely well. Yeah, yeah. If he ain't getting instruction no. in the corner then that must be extremely difficult for him to, con- you know, he's having to think for himself. And that's not a disrespect to Scott. He is used to being in a corner where someone's going, right, this is how this fight's going. I want you to do this. And he carries yeah. it out to the letter. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. to the letter. And that's what happened last time out with Freddie. You thought to yourself, bloody hell, he's looking decent here. Looking yeah, exactly. really decent. So yeah, as you say, it was the number three from the wild card who was actually with him. So that's generally a guy that maybe holds the pads tapes up his gloves for yeah, him yeah, yeah. or cuts his gloves off after he's done a pad session or whatever you know this is not a guy that he's used to set, taking instructions from um, so strange situation I think it was one of them it, we, we felt it was uncomfortable going into it it's one of them now we're glad it's in the rear view mirror he's come through it he's mm. got a stoppage against former European champion let's take it for what it is let's keep moving forward it was a final eliminator apparently for the WBA wasn't it which obviously uh, Santa Cruz and Marez are fighting for so <laughs> there's that many WBA belts in that oh. division is crazy because they've got, they've got an interim champion I think Marez is the regular you've got Santa Cruz who's the super, super. Uh, Marez and Santa Cruz are due to fight each other in March mm-hmm. uh, or something like that anyway to obviously maybe then get rid of one of those belts because that's what the WBA are trying to do they're trying to get rid of those w, uh, those regular belts Good. chuck them in the bin so that we have one champion in, in each division I'm just having a look at that um, that featherweight division right 
And if the guys who run World Boxing Super Series have anything about them, oh, check man. this out, right? Just check this out. If they if they wanted to so go for an eight, eight. you're going to go for an eight. If they want to go for an eight, right? You, Rig, Rigondeau's coming back down off the back of uh, the, a fight with uh, Lomachenko, right? So this, just bear with me. Just bear with me. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to throw this around, all right? So he's got, Rigondeau has, has, gone, has skipped two weights. He's yeah. gone from super banter to super feather, yeah. but he's going to come back so to So there's feather. a possibility for him to come back down, right? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll chuck this in, right? So Rigondeau, Frampton, yeah. Santa Cruz, yeah. Mares, yeah. Valdez, yeah. Selby, yeah. Quig, yeah. Russell Jr. Wow. And with all due respect, that is unbelievable, isn't it? It is, yeah. And if one of them pulls out, let's say Russell Jr. don't fancy it because he's traditionally a bit of an hard negotiator, you could maybe chuck Warrington in there, I suppose. Josh Warrington or Joey Diaz, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Isn't it? That's... If you're, listen, World Boxing Super Series. Kid Galahad could get a shot yeah, as absolutely, well, you know? Absolutely. Look into that. And if you think about it, with all due respect to Scott, if you look at that, he won't be seeded. Obviously, no. he won't be seeded. He'll be somebody's pick. And he's going, to, he's going to find that very difficult to get out of a quarterfinal situation. Because if you look at the top boys, you look at... Uh, who are the top four seeds? Who are the, who are the four seeds then? So you've got Santa Cruz. Yeah. You've got Mares. Frampton, I think, would be... Frampton. You have to go Selby because he'd be world champion. Yeah, but so you're not, having, you're not ranking Gary Russell Jr. Or... How do you do it? You've got Fram- to rank well, Gary Fram- Russell Jr. So Fram- got a WBC belt. So imagine that race. then. Imagine that. Frampton, Frampton unranked. Frampton unranked. <laughs> so you'd have... Well, let's say Leo Santa Cruz and Mares fight next year. So one of them yeah. will be world champion. So one of them will be ranked. So, okay. So Selby. on that point then, on that point, the loser would have to be ranked because that's the way they kind of set it up. They, they wouldn't have it so Santa Cruz could choose Mares. Do you know what I mean? Because ah. he's just fought each other. So Santa Cruz and Mares, Selby would have to beat and Russell Jr. would have to beat. So that means Rig on Dow, Frampton, uh, There's Valdez, no way you can't Quinn. rank Rig, Rig on Dow. can You can't, can you? Because he's never fought at this weight division. Fucking hell. Imagine that. My goodness. So only four... Pick your four out of them, mate, who's going to get ranked. Or seeded, as they call it. Wow. Who gets the pick. <laughs> it's got to be Santa Cruz. Got to be Russell Jr. You can't not rank Lee Selby as a world champion. No, he, ha- he has to be. He's the IBF champ. He has to be. Oh, my goodness. What? How it? can you not rank two-weight world champion Frampton? How can you not rank when he's the when he's such a big ticket seller? Yeah. How can you not rank Rigon down? Yeah, but Val, Valdez is the WBO champion. How you're going to not rank a, how a WBO not? champion. How can you not? Wow, that is crazy. Is it? But what a brilliant! That's the best weight division. Unbelievable. Though? That would be unbelievable in the World Boxing Super Series. Is that is that the best weight division? Do you think for the, for the, we should probably do a show all about the World Boxing Super Series 2018 and what it before be. the end of the year and we'll go through each weight division mm. and try, you know, obviously not heavyweight because there isn't eight clean heavyweights left. But <laughs> that's just a fact. But we'll do every other weight division, you know, from reason. Fe- Feather could be the best. Wow. Feather could be. Don't get me wrong, there's some good ones at 140, there's some good ones at 147, some really good ones at 147. 147 could be amazing, you know, with Thurman, Pacquiao, Gosp, John Porter, Errol Spence. But 100, 130 pounds, mate, that is that is serious, isn't it? Very serious, yeah. Very serious. Look at your face, it's lit up like a oh, Christmas tree. You're on, your fo- you're on your phone to Calla now, aren't I'm you? I'm going to ring Calla, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no wonder Calla's always got a smile on his face because he knows what's happening with this tournament. If they go for feathers, that could be absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, Make I'll sure. tell you what, later. And, and at the weekend when we had Frampton on our uh, radio show, yeah. we actually put it to him, didn't we? And he went, mate, 
unbelievable. I, I would sign in, like you wouldn't even, just mention the name, mention Featherweights. If I'm in, I'd sign, 100%. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> awesome. Insane. I tell you what, if they did the uh, light heavy, that Bivol from the weekend would yeah, be in the mix good. as well. Imagine yeah. him against uh, Donna Stevenson or something in the final. Mm. <sighs> Badu Jack. Kovalev. Oh, mate. Woo-hoo! Andre Ward come back. <laughs> light Stop heavyweights. It. Light heavyweights. That's what we're doing. We're doing light heavyweights and we're doing feathers. Uh, feathers. That's what we want next year for the World Boxing Super Series. You could just do like a featherweight super duper tournament and just have 16 of them in there. Featherweight, like a super duper World Boxing Super so Series. So you get to rank eight, the eight that we've just mentioned. They get eight ranked. of them ranked and then eight unranked. Like, so then they like to kick Galahad and stuff like that. Josh, Josh Warrington. Warrington come in. No, no, no. Fuck that. I want to see the scrap of who gets not, uh, who gets seeded and who doesn't get seeded. I want to see their egos. That's what I want to see. <sighs> Frampton unseeded. Wow. And someone picks him. Can you imagine picking Frampton? He would be vexed, mate. He would be absolutely fuming, wouldn't he? He goes, Don't, you think I'm an easy target? Right, I'm taking you out. That lad. would be the one if Santa Cruz was ranked number one and uh, Frampton was unranked and he just went in there, dropped his bollocks on the stage and just went, give me Frampton, maybe. Part three. As a quarter final. He didn't. He didn't. As a quarter final. Insane. That's like four stadium fights for the quarterfinals. That is unbelievable. Wow. Anyway, we're getting carried away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We feel a little bit for uh, Jamie McDonnell at the weekend. Um, Now, going into this fight, obviously he's been out of action for quite some time. Yeah. Jamie, he's been uh, dormant, as they say. Yeah. but Dave Colwell said, whatever happens at the weekend, uh, win or lose, he's moving up. Moving on up. He's moving up in weight. So yep. therefore, the way that this ends at the weekend, what a sad state of affairs with the way that this fight ends at the weekend on that cut. Yeah. So he's obviously going to vacate his belt, shift on up and crack on uh, with the rest of his career, uh, which is a real shame, really. Because And then there'll be other people that think to themselves, uh, ban some weight, for example, Paul Butler, his eyes will be lit up because he was promised maybe a McDonald fight for that particular title by mm-hmm. uh, his matchroom bosses. But you would un- you would think maybe because it's the regular belt, it'd just get chucked in the bin. Well, that's a good shout, actually, yeah. And he'd just make Burnett the normal WBA champion. There you go. Because that's what they're trying to do, isn't they it? They are trying to just align it all. So therefore, Paul Butler then... Well, what happens? Could, well, Paul Butler fights Burnett, surely. Cracking He's the number it. one oh, contender mate. for WBA. So if they just said, right... Because I didn't think of that, actually. I just thought, well, if, if McDonald goes, then Butler versus Solis makes perfect sense for this WBA belt. But you're right. If I think they'll chuck if it. If they're trying to scrap it, then they just scrap it. But then is, doesn't Solis then jump ahead of Paul Butler yeah, in does. terms of fighting Bayonet yeah, next? Yeah, he does. Yeah. So... It's so a shame mm. for Jamie McDonald where that ends at the weekend, obviously, on that cut. And to, to yeah, be fair, especially because the first fight with Solis, you know, he lost it. He got a very favourable decision, let's be honest. Um, and I think he was desperate to put that to bed mm. because... Everyone, you know, even as, you know, we're fans of the McDonald twins, of course we are. But, you know, I I couldn't lie to Jamie. You know, he lost that fight. It was a bad decision. And I think he just wanted to put that to bed mm. once and for all. And it started so well as well. You know, they were one round each before that head clash in the yeah, third. Yeah. So it was it frustrating. Was ba- Don't get me wrong. It was a bad cut. Yeah. But it was on the side of the head. It wasn't really no. flowing into the eye. No. And with the way that it ended... It, uh, like 10 seconds, the clapper are gone at the end of that round. Yeah. Let the cutman have a nosy at it. Let him have a exactly. look. See if he can sort it out. If he can't sort it out, then fair enough. Bring the doctor in. If the doctor then says no, yeah. let's call the fight. But it just seemed a bit premature for me 
the, the protocol wasn't really carried out as it as I would have expected it to be carried out for a stoppage on a cut. No, and do you know what? He's an experienced referee. That Lewis Pabon as well. He's from uh, Costa Rica, but he's done he's done some decent fights over the years. But uh, you know, he's, he's very active. Um, so it, it surprised me that he didn't. You know, knowing full well there was ten seconds left in the round, he didn't just give a give the cut man a cut, an opportunity because with the WBA, if you get stopped inside four rounds uh, due to a cut, then it's a it's a no contest, an accidental cut, it's a no contest. So there was another round. He could, you know, if he'd have stopped it with ten seconds to go before the end of the fourth, yeah, I'd have got it. I'd have gone, okay, I know why you're doing that, ref, because it has to be stopped inside four rounds yeah, for it yeah. to be a no contest. And that's fair because it wouldn't have been fair to go, okay, we've stopped it after four rounds, so we go to the judges' scorecards and see where we're at now because it was an accidental cut. Because McDonald could have lost his belt because it was close. And in that third round, McDonald just went, game plan, out the window, I've got a cut, I'm just going to try and stop this kid now. And it became a, m- a mad mm. gun show. Entertaining <clears throat> to watch, but... You know, it was what it was. It just became a bad, a mad barbaroon brawl because we, we, you, you could see McDonald thought, "I'm going to get stopped here." But uh, that's why I think Dave Caldwell was upset. The cut was on the outside of the eye, and I think had the cut man Sheldon been able a chance to to, to have a go at it, he got the swab on it, the adrenaline, uh, put pressure on for for a full minute, and then heavily Vaseline that eyebrow. So the the blood had it started bleeding again. It probably would have run instead of going over the eyebrow, would have run down face. the side of the face. So, but it was bad. It, it wasn't just the straight cut. It had like a second tear in it as well. So you know, it, it probably needed quite a lot of mm. stitches afterwards. So. I get it, but I just think the referee was a little bit, a little bit over anxious there. He should have just let it go a bit mm. more. Keep an eye on our social media because when we hear um, what is happening uh, regarding the WBA bantamweight division, whether they're going to scrap that uh, belt, whether Jamie is actually going to step up, it's not been confirmed yet. They've just uh, alluded to the fact that they're going to do that. Yeah, uh, we will keep you up to date. And we'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on with Paul Butler uh, and Ryan Burnett. Big fans of every. That's another division as well, bantamweight. Let's yeah, do the World Super Series in that particular exactly. division. Exactly. I just sit thinking them. The McDonald said didn't he, at the weekend. I'm moving up to Super Bantam, but then again, if there's opportunities at featherweight, so we throw his name in that yeah, featherweight. Yeah potential World Boxing Super Series mix as well. See, well, seeing as that we've just been um, doing uh, Kala and Nisa Sowland's job for him, mm-hmm. we want featherweight, we want light heavyweight is what we've just mentioned there. Light heavy, gun show, yeah. Well, check this out for light heavy because I'm hearing reports. My, uh, As you know, I've got family in Canada, so they keep me up to date with everything that's going on on ESPN Canada. Yep. Adonis Stevenson is always on TV in Canada. Um, now, Adonis Stevenson, Badu Jack is rumoured for the end of January. Ugh. Gun show. Absolutely. However, there'll be people listening to this who are hardcore fans that know full well that Adonis Stevenson has a mandatory challenger in uh, either Alvarez. Fantastic light heavyweight as well. And be, there's rumours, and this has been reported on ESPN in Canada, that Alvarez has been paid a million dollars by Al Heyman to step aside. That's some good step aside money, Woo-hee! isn't it, baby? We'll have some of that. We'll have some of that, indeed. Um, Adonis uh, Stevenson, Badu Jack, that is a hell of a fight if they can get that on uh, for the end of January. And to be fair to Stevenson, he needs it really, doesn't he? Because yeah. there's a lot of talk around Stevenson. He talks on the great game, he looks well, and every time I watch him fight, he looks good. Um, but with all due respect, the Ward, the Kovalevs of this world, mm-hmm. he's not been in there with him. And if he's no. going to state his claim as the big boy, the WBC champion, he's got to go in there and say, listen, I am the man and I'm going to take on the big boys. Uh, Badu yeah. Jack is one of those big boys. Yeah, exactly. You know, Stevenson, of course, we know him all too well after he stopped Tony Bellew on his feet. But, you know, legacies aren't built on the likes of Fonfara and, and people like that and Travis Cloud and stuff. You've got to beat other guys who are highly ranked in your division. Badu Jack is certainly one of those names. Uh, but there's plenty out there for him, you know. I'm just looking down the list now of the light heavyweight division, and to build a 
to build a World Boxing Super Series tournament, you know, there's, eight, there's easy eight that jump off the page there. And what what they do like is undefeated guys as yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah. Gavodsky and Alvarez, you know, these guys aren't household names yet, but have got un- incredible uh, undefeated records. Throwing them in the mix, I think that's that could be a hell of a tournament. Absolutely mm. brilliant. Can't and Bivol at the weekend for me looked outstanding. That was only his twelfth fight. Unbelievable performance in your 12th fight, and that was his, was that a first or second defense of that WBA? Oh, that, that was a vacant belt. One he yeah, won, yeah. The, won the vacant belt. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought he was outstanding. He's got so much power, obviously, and I just think he's, he's yet another scary fucking Kazakhstani, Kazakhstani, you know, whatever. People who just grow up in the mountains, fucking sucking milk out of a goat's tit. Do you know what I mean? With no TV, no iPhones, no distractions. They're just like fucking sparring rocks and shit like that. You know what I mean? Where's your heavy bag? Oh, it's that cliff face over there. You know what I mean? That, that's what these kids are built on. Absolute <laughs> monsters. This is It's these Eastern European scary fuckers. This is why AJ lives in a bed set in Sheffield. Because he needs to condition his mind the same as these do. These guys come from fuck all. And that's why they fight like monsters. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> just, I've just got this picture in my head of uh, of uh, Bivol sucking milk out of the teat of a cow and then punching a rock. <laughs> that's all I'm thinking about. I'm going to try and get a meme for that. That's Wait, a cracker. That's a, what a 24-7 episode that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, go, going round. <laughs> just thinking about it. It's brilliant. Uh, listen, let's talk. I mentioned this earlier on in the show regarding um, Luis Ortiz. He was ringside the cheeky fucker at the weekend, wasn't he? Did you see him? Yeah. Ringside at the Deontay Wilder fight. Yeah. And the reason why he was ringside is that it came out last week that the WBA have banned him for a year. So he's not fighting under the WBA moniker until September of next year. <sighs> yeah. Backdated, of course, since his drug ban. Now, that then affects Anthony Joshua's mandatory situation because yeah. Luis Ortiz was the mandatory. Okay, so we'll keep you up to date over the next two weeks of who the mandatory will now be in the WBA for Anthony Joshua. Expected to be Fraser Quendo or, yeah. or Shannon Briggs or something random like that. Okay, yeah. now the WBC, who were sanctioning his fight with Deontay Wilder originally, yeah. haven't banned him. They've not banned him. So the WA, WBA have banned him. The WBC had a meeting on the morning of the Deontay Wilder fight in New York. They've not banned him. They're letting him crack on. Right, that in itself is an absolute fucking joke. How can two sanctioning bodies, big sanctioning bodies like that, just have two totally different attitudes? This is why yep. drugs, especially in the heavyweight division, is rife because they're fucking getting away with all sorts of shit. He'll just think to himself, "All right, I can't fight for that belt. I'll just fight for another one." Just Sam. fight for another one. Yeah, yeah. crack on. It's... And then in a year, I'll be allowed to fight at WBA and I'll be champion. So we'll just crack on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's bu- it's bullshit. And this is this is what's killing certainly heavyweight boxing. It doesn't seem as rife everywhere else, but the heavyweight division's rife with it. And it's once again, the sport of boxing is just desperate for some unity. You know, we can't have a governing body because listen, this is boxing. It's fucked up enough. The last thing we need is a FIFA type governing body over everyone because that'll be the most corrupt thing ever mm. so that's never going to happen but what we need is unity between all the associations and all the promoters the promoters the TV execs and yeah. the representatives of each of the major yeah. governing bodies we don't bodies, represent someone who's been popped twice for example they just need to come together and just you know and, and just say listen guys if someone gets popped we're all using USADA fucking standard or whatever it may be um, we're all using the same type of testing let's all just stand together and if I ban them we all ban them. Let's just do it like that. But instead, it's like, oh, WA banned you. Oh, you can still fight for the WBC belt. And 
this is only again this is only happening in the heavyweight division. The problem is count on two hands. You'd be lucky to count clean. on two hands the number of clean heavyweights that are out there, guys that have never failed a test. It's fucking absolutely rife with it, the sport. So at this level, so I, I think that's that's part of the problem, but. Listen, the UFC have done it in, in, in their brand. They've gone, right, we're just going to commit to it. And it's fucked them up. They've lost the best talent they've ever had. John Jones, he can't fight no more because he's a drug cheat. But you know what? At least as fans and as other fighters, you can go, it's clean. Or mm. it's as clean as it can be. But they're one governing body. They're ru- they're That's what I mean. They've got, they run themselves, mm. exactly. They govern themselves. And this is the problem boxing's got. I think it, it needs to come together. There needs to be some solidarity in that. Heavyweight division especially, man. Well, someone gets killed and then the guy gets popped for drugs fuck happens then mm. imagine the backlash on boxing full stop then the sport mm. needs to get a grip of itself before it's too late mm. uh, other news in the world of boxing um, and Nick will be covering this on our Radio City talk show uh, tomorrow which will be available on our website uh, fightdisciples.com um, Rocky Fielding Eric Scogland has been made for the WBC silver belt yep um, fantastic for Rocky He's been crying out for a proper fight. I think Eric Scoglin, everybody will agree, is a proper fight. Yeah. Comes through this. He's right in the mix for the likes of Benavidez. Um, who is obviously the WBC champion, the people like that. Um and this is happening on the Tony Bell You Undercard uh, in December. Looking forward to it, mate. Should yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. We um, were both impressed with Scoglin when he fought yes, Callum. Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, this is there's no shame in it. We know what's happening here. Rocky Fielding has is, is, is been matched up with this guy so he can do a better job than what Callum Smith done. That's, that's you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. Uh, and obviously unlock a decent ranking with the WBC he has to. as well. So. He has to. From Rocky's point of view, he has to stop. Scogland, in my opinion. And that won't be easy. Scogland's no, a he's a top guy. A good kid, and he took some big shots as yeah. well. And uh, and he can dish it back out, man. Of course. And, and Scogland will be looking at Rocky Fielding's record and seeing the fact he got blown out in a round by Callum Smith. He fancy it. You know what? I'll beat him. This could be a really Put good fight. Put myself right in the mix. I think it could be a great fight, yeah. But this is the fight that... You know, you could argue as Rocky Fielding's been waiting for. He needs yeah. this. You know, he missed out in the World Boxing Super Series purely because of that first round knockout loss to Callum Smith. Yeah. That's why he didn't get involved in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he needs to make a bit of a statement. This is the fight he's been waiting for. And, you know, for me, this is a step forward fight. This is definitely a step forward fight. If he can look good, um, I think he gets himself a world title fight after this. Mm. Um, more on this on our Radio City talk show, like I said, with Nick tomorrow. Hopefully he'll have Rocky on that show so you can hear it from the horse's mouth. Uh, one thing that we were talking about on our talk sports show at the weekend uh, when Anthony Crawler in the studio with me and Nick uh, was um, obviously Terry Flanagan deciding to uh, step up in weights. Yeah, man. Bonkers. Well, Anthony was like... He didn't get it, really. No. And he even had a conversation with Terry. Terry had said to him that he'd feel better uh, up at £140. Yeah, of course you would. Of course you feel better at £140. But right at this moment in time... He, Opportunity knocks. He's got, what is it? Is he 35 fights undefeated or something? 33, 34 fights undefeated. All wins. Unde- he's the longest reigning undefeated world champion that we've got in this country. Yeah. Um, all he needs is a big name now. This is what he needs. He needs a coming of age, massive name type fight so everybody knows who he is. Yeah. On his social media, he's calling out Jorge Linares. Mikey Garcia then calls Terry Flanagan out and offers him and makes him a proper offer. We know it's been made, a proper offer, life-changing money, highest career earning to date for Terry Flanagan. Terry Flanagan then shoots that down and says, listen, Mikey, no problem, get in line. Um, I'm not going to do that one yet because we're on the verge of just announcing Jorge Linares. That's been, everybody knows that, it's been in the public eye. And then the next step is to say, I'm I'm moving up. I'm going up to £140 to fight more hooker 
uh, for the vacant £140 uh, WBO belt, which Terence Crawford has just vacated. What's the point? Yes, okay. the tick is I'm a two-weight world champion and I'll probably remain undefeated. But one, you won't earn major money. No. And two, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Yep. It's not selling. That's not selling out uh, Manchester Arena. More hooker. Nobody's heard of more hooker. Nope. Nobody's nobody's bothered. No, nope. it's insane. It's absolutely bonkers. I and mean, this is something we've been talking about with Terry, Terry, uh, his table, Terry's career from day one. You know, he's badly. He can't sell a ticket in his hometown. He badly needs a name on his record. He's thirty three and oh. There you go. He could walk down the street in any city in in the UK, including his own, and not even get recognised. It, it's fucking mental why they're making this decision. Why now? Mm. Why do it now? You've just got... You've, you've literally... You've, you're kind of holding all the aces now. You've got the biggest fights in this division waiting for you. Crawler, phone call away. Linares, phone call away. Garcia, phone call away. All of those guys want to face you because you've got something they haven't got, and that's a world title belt to add to their collection, or in Crawler's t- case, just a world title belt. Yeah, he's walking away from their financial riches and notoriety that comes with those potential matchups mm. to go and fight a hooker that no one's heard of. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just not an actual hooker, it, not a brass. He's no, not no, no, fighting, no, yeah. fighting brass. No, no, that's true. <laughs> he might as well be though, because nobody knows who Morris Hooker is. Morris Hooker's decent. Listen, he if he elite. was going up to super lightweight and he was going up to fight, say Mikey Garcia or Terence Crawford or something like that, even go, Adrian cool. Broner, even Adrian Broner, yeah, you'd be like, cool, I get it. They're the There's name. money in that, exactly. But to go up and fight someone nobody knows for the va- for a vacant belt. Why? Why go sideways? Why step sideways? You're 33, you know. If you're not ready now, you're never going to be ready. If he in his mind doesn't think he's ready to fight one of these big names, then what the fuck? He's 33, you know. He doesn't need any more experience. Doesn't need to drag out this belt anymore. Commit to it, man. Go and fucking try and make yourself great. Become a household name. And this is why, if that hooker fight happens in Manchester, it'll be just like the last fight that we went through against Petrov. Mm. It will sell five, 6,000 tickets at best, and people will walk out. Before People were walking out of his fight in his hometown last yeah. time, his latest defence of his world title belt. Do you think them same people are going to go, oh shit, I'm going to go back because now he's moved up away to fight some guy called Hooker? Mm. Of course they're not. But those people would have gone, fuck, yeah, I walked out last time, it was boring. But you know what? He's fighting Mikey Garcia, Anthony Crawler, uh, Jorge Linares this time. So I ain't fucking going anywhere. He can't use that moniker as well of saying, I'm the most avoided um, lightweight now no. he can't do that we can, he can use the moniker I'm the most avoiding lightweight now because he's avoided big fights there it's disappointing very disappointing one man that's not avoiding the big fights he's taking them on December the 13th it's a Wednesday put that in your diary it's happening in Brisbane it's confirmed ladies and gentlemen we've been telling you for weeks it was going to be happening it is now confirmed Jeff the Horn at Horn will be defending his £147 £147 WBO world title Against da, 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 Gary Corcoran. Mental. Fuckity fuck. What? Just like, you know, first of all, round of applause for Gary Corcoran's yeah, well done, team man. for landing that well fight. Done. How? You know, listen, Gary did win the WBO Intercontinental welterweight belt last time, but, you know, come on. They give them away, don't they? Don't yeah. they? Haven't yeah. he just got a stack of them in the back room somewhere at Brentwood Leisure Centre where they just fucking reel it out every time you need to have a headliner for a for a BT show or whatever? Come on. It, to, to get that belt... 
For listen, this is a coming out fight for Jeff, right? Because Queens, yeah. Queensland uh, governing body, the sports guys there, they're funding it all. It's one of them. Yeah. Hey, we want our world champion to fight, so they're fighting. They're bringing on a geezer in Gary. Who's ranked because of winning Absolutely. that continental belt? It's legit. It'll get sanctioned. Everything's good. But you'd anticipate they're anticipating that the Hornets will come through that. Yeah. If he does come through that, his mandatory is Terence Crawford. That is amazing, right? Jeff the Horn at home. This is a kid that was fucking teaching kids two years ago, right? Yep. He has fought Manny Pacquiao, beaten him, yep. and now he could be facing one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters on the planet. And it will probably happen in uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. But Terence Crawford, man, what a resume. Jeff, when, it, when you pack it in, son, when you sit down with the grandkids on the old veranda looking out to the outback mm-hmm. and you're chatting about various things that happen in your life, what a story. Yeah. What an unbelievable story to tell your grandkids. I guess so. And, you know, in that regard, you've got to go, it, it's cool. Imagine if he does him. Imagine <laughs> if he does Terence Crawford. That's nah, not it's, not, it's not happening. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I get why they've, they've, you know, they've, they've manipulated it so they can get, surely Corcoran's not as mandatory. You know, even though no, he's, he's a WBO Intercontinental, he's ranked, but he can't be as mandatory. He's got to be a voluntary defence. Yeah. And it stands up just because he's got that Intercontinental belt. But as I say, it's a, it's a nice homecoming for him. Obviously, as you say, it gives him an opportunity to potentially call out uh, a superstar of the sport and, and make up a massive payday. But I think, uh, you know, fighting a guy that, you know, I think it was last year, the year before, got knocked out by Liam Williams mm. um, in a world title fight. You know, good luck selling that one. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. Good luck to Gary Corker, man, the Hellraiser himself. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to be in it to win it. And who knows, man? If 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 Mr. Horn has, has got his one eye on a super fight further down the line, you just never know. If UFC 217 has taught us anything this week, <laughs> yeah. do not write anything off. Make sure you go and check that show out, by the way. Yeah. It's on our website right now, fightdisciples.com, where we're going through everything that happened in Madison Square Garden in the world of UFC. Uh, we'll be back over in uh, America this week because it's the start of Matchroom USA, baby. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Mr. Jacobs taking on Arias. Um, I anticipate... Listen. I saw some of the press conferences of this, and I kind of like Arias's chat. I yeah, kinda, man, he's good. I kind of like the way that he's chatting, the way that he han- uh, handles himself, the way that he uh, conducts himself in front of the media. It's got me interested in this ding dong at the weekend. You know, I don't get me wrong, Daniel Jacobs, I'm a massive fan of his because, yeah. as I said on this show last year, I genuinely thought that he beat um, Golovkin Triple G. I genuinely, did, I genuinely think I got shot down. Of course, I did, uh, but I thought he did. Now, this is an exciting time for Matchroom in particular because this is their first foray into the American market, of which yeah. should be the vehicle to propel Anthony Joshua to the next stages of his career. We saw at the weekend, maybe with Scott Quigg being uh, based in America, he'll be on some of these cards at some point. There's a lot of guys uh, that could feature on yeah. some of these cards. Connor the... Ben's on this weekend, isn't he? There you go. What a great opportunity for him uh, to obviously make his uh, American debut. And uh, I, Do you know something? I bet he attracts a bit of a crowd just because of the name. Yeah. A lot of people will remember, oh, that's Nigel Ben's lad. Let's yeah. go and have a little bit of a nosy. It should be uh-huh. quite decent. I anticipate Jacobs to come through yeah. this particular fight. But I don't think it'll be easy. No, Arias is an undefeated fighter, so anyone that's got an O on the record, regardless of what level they've been at, deserves respect. And he's certainly talking the talk this week, like so I'm expecting fireworks, but I think that was the best Daniel Jacobs we've seen last time against Golovkin, and he was very unlucky not to get the decision and very unlucky not to get a rematch. Obviously, only the Canelo came in the way. So I think a big statement performance here will certainly throw him back in the frame. And we're still waiting for Canelo Triple G to be confirmed. If it is going to be confirmed for May, is it? Mm, that's what I'm talking, May, yeah. 
there's a potential opportunity if he gets it done quickly that he could go, you know what, before you do that, Triple G, jump in with me in February because Triple G, you know, he's not getting any younger and he might think, you know what, yeah, I could do the tune-up before I go back in with Canelo. I don't want to sit on the sidelines for six months. I'll go back in with Jacobs and earn some money and defend these belts and then go straight in with Triple with, uh, with Canelo again. So Jacobs has an opportunity here to really put himself in the shot window, but, uh, you know, Arias... He's undefeated. You never rule out an undefeated guy because you mm. just don't know. You know, it's like the Joe Smith Jr. effect. You know, he goes in with Bernard and, and no one give him any hope in hell. and Knocks him out of the ring. And Jeff Horn goes in with Pacquiao no one give him a hope in hell and he mm. wins on points. So never rule, off, rule out a guy. But I think Jacobs this weekend will be looking to make a big statement. Just like Matchroom are. Match, this, Matchroom need this to be a big uh, statement show for them also. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, I'd be very surprised if Anthony Joshua is not ringside. Just to see, get his public, you know, his public face out there, start building them up, getting on some American TV. I know this is not Showtime; it's HBO at the weekend. But just to try and build up his his his, uh, his profile in the US. Plus, as I touched on earlier, big baby Jarrell Miller's on the undercard yeah. as well. Manis so. Wack. Good. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. this is good fight. His, his first proper test, I would say. I look Big down time. the resume and I think to myself, okay, you've been blowing over kids that I don't necessarily know too much about. Whack. Yeah, sound. Okay. He needs again. This is what we said last week regarding Deontay Wilder. If you yeah. want to keep relevant in this mix, in these heavyweight mix, yeah, he needs to he needs to put this kid over. And now, for those that love a um, a little bit of something on the weighing situation, because we saw Bermain Stavern weighing heavy. Just watch what Big Baby Miller weighs in at. <laughs> yeah. talk, talk about power for you, by What was donuts. it? Was it two pounds short of 300 pounds last Something time? Something like that, yeah. 300 yeah. pounds. If you compare to that, what's AJ at? 260? Yeah. And if you compare that to Deontay Wilder at 220? I know, it's insane, isn't it? 300 pounds. Yeah. Shit he's the a, bed. He's a unit like, and that's obviously, it's that weight where all the power comes from, you know? No uh, shit. No 17 shit. knockouts. Like being it with your truck. Exactly. 17 knockouts and 19 wins. But you're right, Wack is definitely a step up for him. Wack's only ever lost to Povetkin and, and Klitschko. Yeah. So he's a, he's a decent operator, yeah, you, know? He's, you know? It's a decent opponent for him, but I think if Miller puts in a good win here, or even Wack, I think the winner of this could well be fighting AJ next. I really do fancy the winner of this to be lined up, you know? So... Interesting card, again, big card for Matchroom because, listen, we know why they're doing it. We know why Matchroom are moving to America because if they don't, AJ goes to America without them. Yeah. So Matchroom have, have got to, they've got to move, they've got to be a presence in America to hold on to Anthony Joshua long term because that's inevitably where he's going to end up. He's got to fight in America to earn serious money to become as great as the, as the legends he likes to reel off now. And if Matchroom want to be a part of that, they've got to be active on the American scene. So that's what this is. Eddie here needs a big weekend. They need it to be absolutely perfect and they need good viewing figures on HBO. No, couldn't agree more. Um, there'll be massive viewing figures on Channel 5 Saturday night. Yeah, man. Terrestrial TV, boxing. Fucking love it. There you go. Josh Taylor is back in action this weekend. The uh, Titan Tornado. Now, if you're... Let's say if you're a casual sports fan, casual boxing fan, you'll look at that and you go, Josh Taylor, I remember him from smashing uh, O'Hara Davis all over the gaff. He looks yep. absolutely amazing. Who's this Miguel Vasquez? I don't know too much about him. Seriously, this is a proper fight at the Fuck weekend. Yeah. I'm gobsmacked that they've made this because this is this could derail everything. Vasquez is serious shit, mate. He is serious. Yep. But, listen, I kind of like that attitude of going, well, we need to find out where you're at, Sunshine. Terrestrial TV, once again, it's not a pay-per-view thing or anything like that. If Josh comes through here and looks a million dollars, 
Wow, mate. We're talking world title stuff next. Yeah, of course we are, because, you know, as you've just touched on there, Vasquez is a former IBF lightweight champion, and I don't mean a flash-in-the-pan champion. I had the belt for about fucking five years. Guy is absolutely legit, and you're like me. When when the fight was announced, I was like, no, that's not the Miguel Vasquez, I thought is it? it was like he's a fake brother or something yeah, exactly, like that. They were yeah, exactly. Taking him away. It's weird, Miguel Vasquez, that rings it. And then when I looked, I thought, fucking hell. It's a 44-fight pro. You know, this is a guy that's been there, wore the T-shirt, and will not be coming to uh, to Edinburgh to make up the numbers. He'll be coming here thinking, a fucking 10-0 and novice, you cheeky bastards. <laughs> Watch me steamroll this kid. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, you know what? Out of all the events coming up this weekend, and it's a weekend filled with fights, and it's four or five decent fights on this weekend, you know, I would love to be at this one. I would love to be in Edinburgh. Mm. Fuck me. It's mm. going to be an absolute war. But what, you know, where's Josh Taylor? If Josh Taylor boxes the socks off Vasquez like he did with O'Hara Davis, what the fuck does that mean for Josh Taylor and his potential in this uh, super lightweight division? Well, he leaves the rest behind, doesn't he? We've, we've, we said Robbie Davis Jr., Jack Catterall, O'Hara Davis, all these brilliant young upcoming yep. kids in that particular division. Yeah. He smashes Vasquez or outboxes him for 12 rounds, whatever. Gone. He's gone. Yeah, yeah, gone. You can no Forget longer. Him. You can He's no longer throw. You can no longer throw him in the mix of who's the best domestic. You know He's I gone then. I don't even put him in the pack at this moment. He's, no. put, he's only at a rung above, maybe or one or two rungs. If he does the job on Vasquez, yeah. forget him. You ne- he's gone. Those other lads aren't getting a touch yeah. at him. He's top he's, ten. Yeah, he's top ten. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, 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 the only way one of those lads gets him is if those lads all beat each other and there's only one left standing mm. and Josh Taylor, as a world champion at the time, chooses or one of them works into a mandatory position or whatever, that's the only way they catch up with him. But you're right, at the moment, they're a ring or two below. But if he beats Vasquez at the weekend, he's he's, at, he's up the top of the ladder, you know? We're literally talking about a world title fight next. And that's why I'm buzzing with Barry, with Bradley McGuigan and the team at Cyclone getting this on terrestrial TV again. This, you know, They're building something here. They kind of get it. They build they get something it from with a Josh Taylor. Point of view, don't they? That's what I mean. They so look after the fans. Build, 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 and then when Josh Taylor becomes a world champion, that's when you start going, okay, let's fish around for pay per view now, or, or just keep him going on Channel Five. Get a real fucking momentum. Going I think on that. 5. I think that's their plan. I think they'll keep him going on Channel Five. They'll, they'll build, build this momentum. Yeah. And you know what Barry's like with America? He knows full well you've got to be big in America. Mm-hmm. He did that with Carl, didn't he? Yep. And that's where they got their money, by going over there and doing deals with HBO, doing deals with Showtime, yep. and that's where they got their slice of the pie. And I think he'll do that with Josh. I really do. He's What he's doing, he's building an audience here for Josh. Yep. A die-hard audience that will travel yeah, Frampton had that die order. A real fan base up there, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's ca- the reason why they're doing this fight in Edinburgh. I think they'll cash in in yeah. America once, once he's doing what he's doing and be, hopefully got himself into that world's uh, title contention. Uh, just finally, there is another fight going on which you're going to touch upon on tomorrow's show. Uh, B-Fit uh, versus uh, Liam Williams. Yes. Uh, Liam Smith, Liam Williams. It is the rematch. Weird that it's gone up to Newcastle. I'm a bit disappointed. I would have loved it in one of either of Orr's home cities, either Cardiff or Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, but the first time, controversy because of the cuts. Um, the, listen, we've had our say on this. We've, we've talked the hind legs of a donkey off the first fight. Uh, some people agree, some people disagree. This weekend, I don't think there will be any con- uh, controversy whatsoever. What we're going to get is a definitive answer. I hope so, yeah. I just hope, you know, Terry O'Connor's in another part of the world, anywhere. Terry O'Connor, if you're listening or anyone associated, 
Don't let them go to Newcastle this weekend. Let them be anywhere else on the planet except Newcastle this weekend. I don't want them anywhere near this fight. Um, I just think we get a referee that's capable. I think the two of them are going to go at it. As I say, we're going to talk about it a lot more on the Radio City Talk show uh, this week, so we'll break it down there. But uh, I'm expecting a barnstormer, to be honest with you. WBO belt, like middleweight belt, awaits the winner because Cotter will give it up after his after his next defence. Mm. Um, so one of these guys will definitely be in the opposite corner for the vacant belt come 2018. What more incentive do you need? More on this um, on tomorrow's Radio City talk show, fightdisciples.com for that show. Make sure you subscribe and you'll get it in your feed uh, first thing Wednesday morning. Uh, as I'm not on that show, I'm going to go out there right now and say that Beefy will win that and he'll win that well. To the extent where he will stop him within the first half of the fight. Ooh. Genuinely think so. Damn, good shot. I genuinely think that Beefy, because of Beefy being in with Canelo yep. and the elite operators that he was in with yep. up until a point, I think he took it lightly in the last fight, I'll be honest with you. Yep. I think he took Pretty it hard to motivate more. yourself after fighting yep. in front of 65,000 Mexicans and oh, absolutely. Mexican holiday against Canelo Alvarez to then come back and fight Liam Williams. And that's his fault. Yeah. That's his fault as to why we're in this situation. I think we're going to see a new, mean, fresher. Listen, take no shit, Beefy. The old Beefy will be back this weekend and he'll stop him winning six rounds. That's my prediction. Shout. I'll leave it to you to uh, go in depth on that tomorrow. on tomorrow's show. Yeah. So make sure you get stuck into that. Uh, just a quick one as well. I've put on our social media, uh, on our Twitter page, uh, a lovely link there for uh, the Luke uh, website. Have you seen my new jacket? See me a new jacket there, son? Oh, yeah, that's lovely. There you go. Hey, that's the business, actually. Yeah, I'm bit, after the jacket It's myself. a bit Liam Gallagher, that, isn't it? It is a bit Liam Gallagher, yeah. Liam yeah. Gallagher, yeah. Zip it right up to the neck. Oh, of course I do, mate. All right, mate. Yeah, you are good to Manchester. That's, no. how I talk, that's how I talk normally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you're thinking of getting yourself a little bit of a treat for Christmas or maybe buying somebody else something for Christmas, use our discount code. You get 15% off. FDLR15. Luke1977.com is the website. Go and have a little bit of a nose. There's some awesome threads on there. Proper good tackle. FDLR15 is the discount code. Um, thank you very much for listening to us today. Don't forget, there's another show available for you right now. If you're into the UFC, or even if you're not into it, hopefully oh, our man, chat... Listen to this show. Listen oh, to it. Yeah, hopefully our chat might get you into it. And if you haven't seen the card from the weekend, go and have a look, man. It's unbelievable. Uh, we've got another uh, UFC breakdown show on our website right now. Okay? Fightdisciples.com. Go and get stuck in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.